Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 116. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Howdy. Hey, Alex. Um, I'm very curious to see what that looks like, so um, this will be fun. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, so we're here. At the uh, end of Pokemon Players Cup 2, the Global Finals, we're going to talk about this uh, final tournament for this uh, rendition of the Players Cup tournaments. And um, I guess, spoilers, the next one has already been announced, so we get to talk about Players Cup 3 as well uh, later on in the show. So we'll get to delve into all of that. Now, uh, Players Cup 2 started three months ago back in September, where we had, uh, we were in the middle of Series 6, we had a Series 5 online tournament in the middle of all that. And uh, we made it through to Series 7 with the Crown Tundra, um, the new format, and these legendaries coming back. And now we're at Global Finals. So we've got uh, 15 players to uh, talk about some of these teams as well. And uh, we can talk about the bracket and everything like that. But uh, Alex, you know, uh, exciting that this tournament has finally ended. And uh, why don't we get into the Global Finals here. And uh, I guess first start off by uh, talking about our Players' Cup 2 champion in uh, Wolf Glick. Using a, a colossal team. Yeah, this is uh, really, really funny to see uh, happen again. Uh, you know, five of the same Pokemon uh, from the previous Players' Cup winning team uh, from Santino Tarquino. Uh, with Rillaboom, Incineroar, Urshifu Water, Colossal, Dragapult. And uh, last time, you might remember there being a Togekiss on Santino's team. Uh, Wolf has replaced that, you know, with a more updated version. Now we've got a Life Orb, uh, Galarian Moltres, uh, which is a Pokemon that uh, I believe Wolf used to qualify for the uh, Global Finals, you know, during the regional stage. It was a weakness policy variant. This one is, uh, of course, Life Orb weakness policy being taken up by the Colossal. And, uh, yeah, I guess this just kind of gives the team a bit more of a uh, modern flair. You know, Dragapult is still kind of providing that damage reduction that Moltres very much enjoys. Uh, Moltres is just a Pokemon you don't really ever want to attack into because of that Berserk ability, and it uses its max moves very well. Max Dark comboing into itself, max Airstream just making things go crazy. Um, Overall, just showing that this is a very strong build, uh, and Colossal is, um, you know, more than just a, I guess, a meme or, you know, something that doesn't deserve your respect. It is absolutely an archetype and at this point if you haven't been respecting it you really should there's a uh, no way it is just a gimmick anymore it's uh you know it's a real deal thing in a uh, in the metagame and um i you know it's kind of funny like when we first had a chance to use colossal in the beginning you know it's gmax wasn't allowed and it did not have meteor beam so it was pretty much uh, a pretty trash pokemon and then eventually over time you know it gets its gmax available to it it gets meteor beam available to it so it got better over time and uh it, you know colossal is the real deal you know winning both players cup tournaments here um important uh differences i want to point out on wolf's team here is that we have an assault vest on his real boom instead of uh, the choice band that santino used um citrus berry is on Cineroar, and i believe santino's was safety goggles if i remember right and, um, the safety goggles did move for Wolf to the Dragapult here. And, uh, you know, I think that's really important to note, like, it's not really going to care too much about redirection. Um, like, the important thing is, uh, ignoring the sleep powder from, uh, uh, Venusaur. So, um, that can be, that can be really crucial here for this team, especially with a Colossal, uh, build. And, uh, you know, otherwise, like, 
we've seen this kind of team before. Like, uh, we know it's it works, and we know, especially in an open team sheet format, which I think is really important here, that it's really, uh, there's something really telling about having these colossal teams and always knowing where those uh, weak points are, or, you know, where those water moves, where those ground moves are on your opponent's team. Yeah, then uh, it's just really, um, I don't know, I I like a lot of these changes. Uh, I think that they allow the team to be more flexible. I I think that it's important to point out that safety goggles uh, update. It it seems like, I don't know, so Santino rolled with pretty much the same team from, you know, the regionals to the uh, global finals, uh, whereas Wolf uh, chose this team, uh, obviously a modified version of Santino's team, for uh the finals here and it, the finals are just such a different tournament than anything else because of the very limited player base you know you you go into this tournament not preparing for the meta game instead you prepare for the opposing players you know and so uh i think that maybe wolf was expecting less uh of a need for that cole burberry that we saw santino use on the dragapult and uh was thinking that more mileage would be gained from safety goggles to maybe help combat opposing Venusaur and, uh, I guess Amoongus, but at this point, uh, looking at the usage stats, it was more likely, uh, for the Venusaur, which we saw four of, out of the 15 players. Right, and, um, of the Colossal teams in the Global Finals here, out of the 15 teams, there was another, uh, player using a Colossal team in Miguel Pedraza Caballero, um, this was the Dragapult with a Culberberry, so kind of like you mentioned there. And I just want to quick, quickly mention his team that uh, Miguel finished in 7th place here with, again, Rillaboom, Colossal, Urshifu Water, Indeedy Female, Dragapult, and Celesteela. So pretty much the same team, I believe, that uh, he was using in the region qualifiers. But um, just wanted to get back to, uh, you know, Wolf in the finals here and everything. You know, he uh, defeated Davide Carrere, you know, very strong player from Italy in the uh, finals and you know it's really funny that you know wolf primarily made his run through the losers bracket here because it was davide who knocked him down there in the first place so it's kind of crazy that we have another one of these instances where um a player loses to someone in the winner's bracket you know makes their way back to the uh, grand finals and then has the uh, bracket reset and then ultimately wins really cool yeah, the this is, I guess, like one of the uh, things that Double Elim allows, and that uh, can be uh, taken as a positive or negative, however you want to interpret it. But it, it does lead to some pretty crazy situations where you uh, can have a player, you know, fight their way through losers, and then uh, even get this like bracket reset to win, especially against somebody that they've already been defeated by. That's uh, something that uh, I guess Double Elim does do well, um, and I guess. Uh, we got to see a lot of highlight games because of this. Uh, I, I didn't actually catch any of the stream, uh, as I had mentioned in the last episode. I had been spoiled on this, so I just did not uh, care to watch games that I kind of already knew the outcome of. But uh, I do want to talk about that second place team. Uh, Davide Carrere used uh, Davide used Regigigas Weezing, Urshifu, there it is. <laughs> uh, Urshifu Dark, uh, Torkoal, Venusaur and Regieleki. And so this is actually two Pokemon off of the team that I used in the regional qualifiers. It's like, it's like four. What's that? And there's four of them. Oh, I said it's two Pokemon off. Like, uh, the, you know, oh, the oh, same. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, you're right. Same difference. We're both saying the same thing here. Yes. <laughs> uh, in different ways. But, uh, yeah, the Torkoal and the Venusaur, of course, replacing the Rotom, Heat, and the Tapu Fini that I had on my team. And, um, 
Yeah, obviously Reggie Gigas is still very real, uh, and I hope that this is uh, also uh, a way for us to kind of get that message out there. You know, we're talking about Colossal here. Colossal is obviously the big winner uh, to come out of this, and a Pokemon that deserves to be respected. But uh, I think Reggie Gigas is also pretty real. I think that if uh, you know a, a player that did not end up bringing Reggie Gigas to the uh, regional qualifiers decided, you know, Reggie Gigas is good enough, uh, to bring to the finals and was able to bring it all the way to a second place finish, um, almost being able to win the whole thing. I, I mean, how can you knock it at this point? Like that, that's something that I think is really awesome to, uh, just like point out here. Like it, it's something that, again, we've talked enough about Reggie Gigas on the past couple of, uh, episodes. If you want to hear us detail more about why it's such a cool strategy, but, uh, neutralizing gas is just a really cool ability, and, uh, especially when, you know, the best Pokemon make strong use of their abilities. And so uh, it's just really cool what Weezing can let you do. Uh, I think it makes the game kind of not uh, not brand new, but it changes the game so much for both players that uh, it plays so differently than anything else. And I, I just love what uh, Weezing is able to do in this metagame now that it's finally got its chance to shine. Yeah, so with uh, Davida Career in uh, second place of global finals with a wheezing Reggie Gigas uh, you know, duo here. Does this uh, make Davide now the strongest Reggie Gigas player from the Players' Cup 2? I don't think that's exactly fair. Like, uh, <laughs> Davide didn't bring it to the regional finals. Uh, I obviously didn't make it to the global finals, and I, I don't know who's to say if I would have brought Reggie Gigas to the global finals or not. Obviously, I didn't. Spending any any of the time thinking about what I would have brought to that uh, would not that would have just been kind of depressing, but uh, you know I I mean it's just not totally fair you know like uh, do, does that make like anybody the best player with a certain Pokemon just because they decided to bring it to the regional uh, or to the global finals? Um, let's uh, let's actually dive down to the bottom. I don't want to uh, attack any players here, but let's talk about like um, you know David Kutesh. I think that's something funny about. Uh, David Kutesh here is that uh, he decided to bring Reggie Drago. And um, <laughs> the really funny thing about Reggie Drago is that not a single player brought Reggie Drago in all of the <laughs> regions for the regional qualifiers. Can you believe that, Steven? I believe it. Pretty, no, pretty like, believable. No, 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 no. Steven, it's a new Pokemon. And of the, what, 256 plus 256 plus 256 plus 128, I don't know what that number is. It's like 800-ish. 96. 896 is the number? Yep, that's it. So about, basically, 900 players showed up to the tournament, and not one of them said, hey, that new toy, that Reggie Drago, with the cool dragon eruption, uh, nobody said that that was what they were going to bring to the tournament. No, no, because people got to take these tournaments seriously, and there's also, like, another, um, I guess, more logistical problem, too. Like, within your own game, unless you have two versions, um, you can only choose Reggie Drago or Regieleki, you know? And you're going to want the better one, I think. Well, between, um, the like, you, like trading and between, uh, like, bottle capping and stuff, like you, it's pretty easy to get, like, a... Uh, I don't know. I, I You could get both, I think. Um, as long as you're able to find somebody that's, like, you know, either got both versions or somebody who's, like able to reset uh like it, i i think there's not that much of a barrier with preventing people from running reggie drago if they wanted to 
It's just that people really chose not to do so. And so uh, what's funny is that this does not just make David Kutesh the best Reggie Drago player. Of course, David Kutesh brought Reggie Drago to the finals here. Uh, It does make David the only Reggie Drago player of all of Players' Cup. (laughs) Reggie Drago was not, of course, legal for the uh, IC or Players' Cup one entirely. So, um, yeah, of... Players Cup one and Players Cup two. There's Reg- Reggie Drago belongs to David Kutesh, and I find that very funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's got it's it's cool that it's there, but uh, also like Reggie Drago is really not that good of a Pokemon. Let's be real here, and uh, you know I'm not really happy about David Kutesh's team choice. Um, you know, kind of the same deal with the first Players Cup Global Finals. Like he had also brought something um, very different and kind of off brand from what he ran in region qualifiers. And, you know, he he runs really cool stuff during the uh, region qualifiers, you know, going undefeated in both of those runs. And then, um, you know, doesn't do particularly well in global finals. So, like, still major props to David for making it this far in both these tournaments. But, like, um, some of the decisions in going uh, into the last tournaments here, you know, I'm not super pleased with them. And I wish he would kind of stick with more of his really cool Sun variant teams he runs. So I think that it's important to uh, mention that this might have been a bit of a metagame call just with respect to the uh, the number of Tapu Fini in the tournament. Tapu Fini had four appearances here in the finals, uh, maxing out at a seventh place finish from uh, Federico Toronto. Uh, and it, it seemed like a Pokemon that was on the downfall. It was number one. Uh, from usage in uh, the global, not the global, the regional qualifiers, and uh, number one on, like, you know, showdown usage and whatever uh, battle stadium usage as well. So it was, like, the Pokemon to look out for, and uh, as we kind of talked about in the past, Metagross was a Pokemon that was, like, really hyped up and uh, just kind of doomed to fail. Uh, I think the same has kind of been happening to Tapu Fini, and uh, we see that Tapu Fini was not, you know, in these top spots, especially not the, uh, the you know, money-earning spots of this tournament. There were a lot of other picks for uh, supportive either fairy or supportive water type. Uh, you know, we've, we've got Politoed. Uh, there's some Urshifu water throughout the tournament uh, on Colossal teams and not. Uh, there's, uh, well, actually, I can't uh, remember if there's any Urshifu water that are on non-coal uh, teams. But, uh, yeah, like, I think people are trending away from Tapu Fini, and that was maybe what was going to be the opening for Reggie Drago. Um, We actually see five players using Grimmsnarl. I think it's a Pokemon that uh, just lines up very well into the format. I I think we've talked about it a bit before. It's a Pokemon that I'm a very big fan of, and a lot of my friends have uh, been working a lot with. Uh, Two of the players that I had the, uh, like, opportunity to kind of uh follow along with the building process were uh nick navarre and uh donald smith jr who uh both ended up bringing a screen setting grimmsnarl uh for uh just supporting their team and allowing everything else on the team to kind of uh just go crazy you know that that's what the uh, format has kind of felt like uh especially for these grimmsnarl teams and uh, i believe even wolf's team is does this to a bit of an extent you know you have the Dragapult, you know, setting up uh, Light Screen or, you know, using Breaking Swipe and Will-O-Wisp to keep physical attackers at bay. Um, it seems like a strong bit of this format is setting up a bunch of damage reduction so that you can really take the most advantage of your Dynamax Pokemon. You can set up weakness policies. You can set up 
uh, boosts and just kind of stack them and just kind of go crazy while you're behind these screens that are just keeping your Pokemon alive and uh, able to wear out the opponent's Dynamax. Yeah, so I agree with those points. I'll also give you that uh, I think that's a fair mention about uh, David's potential metagame call there. So, you know, that's a fair point. Um, let's kind of get back to the uh, rolling through the teams here and some of the uh, other top finishers from the Global Finals. And uh, in third place here, um, we have uh, John Paul Lopez Buiza, who used, I believe, the same six Pokemon from the region qualifiers. And, uh, of course, so he was the one repping the Spectre back then from uh, the top 64 of region qualifiers. And, uh, you know, John Paul, we know, is a very strong uh, player from the uh, past few years, making several top cuts at internationals, going deep in those and going deep into this tournament, now earning himself a uh, travel award here. Um, also... Funny to add is that uh, John Paul was the benefactor of the buy for this tournament um, in the very first round with the disqualification of the Yuya Tata from uh, the Oceania region. And, uh, you know, that's pretty nice. So obviously you get some help with the buy there, but uh, John Paul proved himself uh, and got really deep into this tournament. Uh, basically, it, it is just kind of showing the strength of, um, you know, winning early in the tournament, uh, like... For example, uh, I think that um, a good way to like uh, look at this is um, uh, basically you, you just play so many um, l like more games when you fall into losers. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, I've uh, followed uh, Nick Navarre's run uh, pretty closely because uh, Nick is a close friend of mine, and uh, Nick lost the first round of the uh, of the tournament and had to fight so hard just to get all the way up to that fifth place finish, uh, just barely missing things. Whereas like Jean-Paul with the buy included, uh, went two and O and was done after the, uh, the first day or whatever for the first day after going two and O. Whereas, uh, Nick, I think went like five and two or something four and two. I don't remember. Maybe it's less dramatic than that. But uh, had to win so many games. Maybe it was maybe it was like three and two. I don't know. I don't know. But again, so many more sets had to be played because uh, he went to losers, and especially because of how early it was. And uh, yeah, again, uh, I, I don't want to just kind of ramble on here about uh, double the limb. I think I'm gonna try to come a little bit more prepared to talk about that in a future episode. Stephen and I have something kind of like planned uh, ish for that in the future. Uh, just kind of want to. Uh, talk more about the the tournament results here uh, and the teams that did so. Uh, I should okay. mention Nail. I should mention uh, Nails's team though, uh, uh, which was um, Landorus, Dusclops, Torkoal, Venusaur, Grimmsnarl, Glacier, which is the same team from the uh, regional qualifiers. Uh, I don't remember how many changes, if at all, were made. Uh, and uh, I'll also take this uh, opportunity to shamelessly uh, plug. Adi's YouTube because uh, the two of them just did a uh, full breakdown of the team uh, that was uh, if you, like really in depth and it's a really uh, really good video if you want to go check that out on Adi's channel and, and learn more about that team that got nails a uh, fifth place finish here at the uh, Global Finals Players Cup too. Cool, cool, and uh, yeah. So Nick, um, I guess before I get to Nick is uh, John Paul's team. Just to reiterate again for everybody, was Landris, Incineroar, Amoongus, Moltres, Galarian, Spectre, and Regieleki. And uh, you know, moving back to Nick here is that you know he was a he was someone who was uh, at the crucial winning end to get the Treble Award for top four in this tournament, um, playing against Wanar at the uh, 
at this portion of the loser's bracket. And uh, Juan was actually the person who knocked him down into losers in the first place. So mm-hmm. um, actually, Nick actually lost to Juan twice in this tournament. Um, Juan's team was the same uh, rain team he was using during the region qualifiers. Juan's team was Rillaboom, Entei, Raichu, Politoed, Kingdra, Celesteel, and Raichu is Kanto. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Juan moves on to top four. And, uh, you know, Nick and uh, Benji is the other, Benji Wang is the other person who was on the other side of the loser's bracket who also uh, did not make it through the uh, winning in there. So, uh, Juan and uh, Nails are both players, and I guess John Paul as well, are three players in a row that all used the same team uh, with maybe slight changes that I uh, I have not analyzed enough to notice. Um, to They brought the same teams that they brought to the regional for qualifiers. Um, Juan... Uh, had this rain team that we talked a bit about uh, when we were finally able to analyze the results of the regional qualifiers. And yeah, this uh, rain pick is, I think, just uh, at this point, a comfort pit for Don. Comfort pick for Don. Um, you know, there's, uh, I think it relies a lot on setting up the end game for Celestila. The Celestila is, um, you know, just the, the typical leech seed set that we're so used to seeing uh, from like past formats. You know, just leech seed protect heavy slam flamethrower with leftovers. It it is just there to kind of just leech seed and never go down. Um, as we kind of saw Ferrothorn do earlier in this year for players that are um, a bit more recent to VGC, uh, that like Iron Defense body press Ferrothorn with leech seed, it functions not too terribly unsimilar to that. Um, however, uh, unless you have anything else you wanted to say about Wands team, I would love to talk about Bingji's double horse team. Yeah, let's move on. All right, so Bingji's double horse team. Um, Bingji is uh, somebody who does not seem to uh, know how to use brakes, and I love that. Uh, you know, Bingji is driving this like car f- speeding at you without <laughs> any ability to slow down. These horses are insane. Um, so the Spectrier is a uh, nasty plot with Life Orb uh, and. Um, the three attacks are Hyper Beam, Mudshot, Shadow Ball. And yes, I said three attacks. Uh, Bingji decided that there was no need for Protect on this horse. Uh, that is not the only horse on the team, though. We've got Glacier, Double Horse. This one has a Lumberry with Swords Dance. I don't think anybody has run Swords Dance Glacier. Um, and this one uh, also does not have Protect. It's got Icicle Crash, Heavy Slam, High Horsepower. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to speak for Bingji, but, uh, it's seeming like Protect is just a coward's move. There is definitely Protect on three of the Pokemon on this team, over half the team, or just about exactly half the team, but, um, the horses are just going all in here, and I just love it, you know, like, uh, it basically, uh, just, like, looking to set up or go down, and, uh, you know, I, I don't exactly know how this team is played, um, but I do understand that it is just kind of all-out offense, uh, kind of similar to the team that uh, Bingji used in the qualifier stage. Yeah, in addition to the two horses there, Bingji also has Regilecki, Rotom Heat, Urshifu Dark, uh, so that's Urshifu Single Strike, and Clefairy. So, um, like you mentioned, a very hyper-offensive team that wants to get as much damage as possible uh, very early on in the game. You know, just keep putting uh, your opponent um, under these pressure situations and uh, pin them, you know, very early on. So, uh, you know, Benji almost really almost got that trouble award there. So, uh, it's very customary for, you know, we, the style we've seen Benji play over these uh, last few years, too. 
This team is terrifying to look at. Like, um, it, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the Reggie Alecki, uh, you know, it, I always lean towards running three electric moves on Reggie Alecki just because there's so many strong options. How could you turn any of them down? Uh, this Reggie Alecki opted to have extreme speed uh, with a focus sash item. And uh, I guess this one was more so supporting the team with electrowebs and then uh, maybe finishing off uh, fast uh, boosted sash pokemon or something with extreme speed um the rotom was just a nasty plot set that we've seen um i do think it's interesting to note that uh my team for the uh qualifier stage also had reggie lucky and rotom heat it's funny that there's these two electric types but they don't exactly overlap too harshly i don't know what it is exactly about them but uh cool that uh another player has uh found the two of these pokemon to work together uh, the Clefairy is, ba I would honestly say, the glue of the team. Uh, no horse pun intended there. But uh, Clefairy is, you know, um, what allows these Pokemon to just be so aggressive and degenerate. Friend Guard, keeping them alive longer. Follow me, keeping the damage off them for when it's uh, too overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, other than that, it seems like this team covers itself by always having... Uh, besides that Clefairy, always having two threatening Pokemon next to each other. You know, you between, with Dynamax, it's often like you can deal with one, but not the other. Absolutely. And uh, so moving on to our two seventh place finishers here, we did mention Miguel's team already in the uh, Colossal uh, build. So the same team that he was using in the region qualifiers. But um, again, Rillaboom, Colossal, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Ndidi Female, Dragapult, Celesteela. And, uh, you know, another Colossal team in this tournament. And, uh, you know, a little bit different flavor, too. You got the Ndidi female here instead and uh, Celesteela. But the other four are pretty much standard for uh, Colossal teams nowadays. And, uh, you know, still big fan of uh, Miguel's team, too. And, uh, you know, just couldn't get through uh, all the way here. Yeah, it seems like Miguel's team is still trying to cover some of the bases that uh, the higher finishing teams did. Uh, you know, Wolf had the safety goggles on Dragapult. Whereas the Ndidi has the safety goggles here so that Dragapult can still run its Colburberry. Um, the Togekiss on Santino's team was kind of supporting, uh, providing the redirection, where now that's what the Ndidi is here to do. And then uh, Celesteela, as we talked about on Juan's team, is just there to be that, um, that endgame Leech Seed Pokemon uh, with a pretty much almost identical set, just a different Steel type attack uh, here. So, yeah, uh, it's just kind of. Similar strokes to other teams, but not exactly the uh, the exact the exact same team as uh, Wolf or Santino. And Federico Toronto from uh, Toronto from the Latin America region was also another seventh place finisher here with a team of Tapufini, Raichu, Kanto, Moltres, Galarian, Cresselia, Kartana, and Stekataka. Yeah, so uh, this team, um, it's. Uh, I think kind of uh, relying on something that, I don't know, it does have the double steel, which I find interesting, but the Raichu Finny Moltres thing, it, it seems like it was um, a little dated, just in my opinion. Uh, this is uh, obviously a player that was able to qualify for the final, uh, the, the global final, so who am I to judge? But it's just like a strategy that has been around, you know, like Tabu Finny and Moltres are just strong picks in the format, like early on, and Raichu was picked to prevent those Pokemon from getting walked over by Regieleki. Um, I think that this kind of strategy is um, 
I don't know, uh, maybe overprepared for, kind of like just that's just my general opinion on Tapu Fini at this point. Uh, Cresselia is probably one of the more standout options here. There's a stack attacker too, which I think is cool. Uh, but uh, Cresselia being the only appearance uh, in the tournament here, right? Uh, that's only, yeah, there's only one Cresselia. Um, I, I, again, I think Cresselia is just a little bit passive. I thought it was uh, actually stronger this year than it was uh, as we saw through like all of 2019. It typically does better in those GS Cup formats, but with how dumb Ally Switch is now, um, it, it does actually kind of have a place. However, uh, Ally Switch cannot uh, win you every game, and so uh, I, I think that Cresselia is not a Pokemon that's going to be able to carry you to the finals. Yeah, fair points there. Um, so we're going to move on here to the... Uh, oh, we got four people in ninth place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nine, uh, the ninth place finishers here. And um, let's start with uh, Donald Smith Jr., who uh, we've talked with in the past. And this team, uh, a little bit different than uh, some the region qualifiers version he used. But now Donald has a Zapdos, uh, Kanto, Urshifu. I don't know what style that is. Let me uh, take a quick look here. Yeah, we, we um, have the link here. Urshifu is, ooh, here's a water one. Um, this is the Rapid Strike. So we had Zapdos, Kanto, Urshifu, uh, Rapid Strike. And we also have Porygon 2, Glacier, Grimmsnarl, and Amoongus. So um, pretty well-rounded team. Um, so a lot of familiar tools that uh, Donald was using back in the region qualifiers. I know Amoongus, um, Grimmsnarl, and Glacier were Pokemon he all used then. And uh, I believe Porygon 2 used to be a Dusclops. Zapdos might have been uh, something else. Well, of course it was something else. And then um, I don't remember if he had Urshifu or not. Yeah, no, I believe the team used to have a uh, Moltres, and uh, I don't remember exactly what the last Pokemon was um, off the top of my head, but I know that the Urshifu was not there. Um, Urshifu was uh, a pick on this team because Urshifu Water seemed to be doing very well um, in the regional qualifiers. Uh, like A lot of the teams that were able to make it to the top were having Urshifu Water on them, and it just seemed to be a very strong Water-type Pokemon where Tapu Fini was not. Tapu Fini was just a kind of uh, middling and over-prepared for average, where if you wanted to fit a Water-type Pokemon on your team, uh, Urshifu Water was uh, a little bit harder to beat, it seemed. Yeah, I also really like the uh, change in Grimmsnarl that it now packs fake tears, and you know that really combos well with uh, the Zapdos that's there. I guess also it helps out with for Porygon 2's damage, so that's mm -hmm. a pretty neat uh, change we see here. I uh, I want to go ahead and talk about uh, the other ninth place team here. We're kind of jumping around, but uh, Marcus Sponholz team or Sponholz uh, Holtz maybe. Uh, apologies for the pronunciation. With the team of Tapu Fini, Landorus, Rotom Heat, uh, Regirock, Grimmsnarl, and Kartana. Uh, this is actually a team uh, that I have a bit of familiarity with. I had the uh, same six Pokemon that I brought to a Victory Road tournament. I think it was. Uh, the week before global finals and uh, before regional finals. And I, I would have brought these six Pokemon had I not uh, become so in, uh, in love with Regigigas. Uh, it, it's a really strong, just like build of standard Pokemon that uh, kind of center around a very fun Pokemon in Regirock. Uh, I had... Um, some slight differences here, but otherwise this team is uh, pretty close to what I had uh, some experience, some uh, good amount of experience with. And Regirock is just such a uh, underrated Pokemon, in my opinion. Clear Body is a very awesome ability, and uh, especially in a Dynamax format where stat reduction is everywhere. 
Uh, people want to burn you, so you have a Tapu Fini. You have uh, people want to stat drop you with their Dynamax moves, with other moves uh, like Intimidate, uh, to keep them from getting run over by the Rock. And the Rock just don't stop. the The Rock's got weakness policy. It's got curse. Um, in I this is pretty much exactly what I was running. I just had Body Press instead of Drain Punch. The other moves being Curse, Rock Slide, and Ice Punch. And uh, yeah, the Reggie Rock just um, actually does very threatening damage. I think the main thing to take away from Reggie Rock is that uh, Rock lines up pretty well into the format. You know, between Glacier, all the flying type Pokemon, um, and Reggie Rock also just having pretty solid stats. Uh, nothing amazing, amazing. I mean, there's a reason Reggie Rock wasn't used before Dynamax. But uh, it, it's got the stats to uh, really take advantage of setup, especially when uh, the opponent can't take it away. Colossal really is just prime evidence of, uh, you know, Rock being pretty strong in the format right now. And um, I kind of want to ask you about the change that Marcus made on that Reggie Rock. How do you feel about uh, Drain Punch instead of Body Press? What do you what do you, th- what do you make of that? Another thing that I ran differently, and I think it's important to mention, is that I also had the Misty Seed on Regirock instead of Weakness Policy. And so I think Drain Punch does make a bit more sense uh, when you want your Regirock to be potentially getting the Weakness Policy boost more often. Uh, whether it's from, I guess, Landris's Earthquake, um, or I guess maybe an attack from Kartana. But I think Regirock is more of a Pokemon that relies on your opponent to hit it super effectively. Um, whereas I, 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 and I, it just, it's a really fun Pokemon with screens, you know, uh, physical moves are not going to be able to break it. And, uh, if it's able to get off that max rock, it's going to boost its special defense. And that's going to be a really, really awesome time. However, I just, I enjoyed body press as being a move that would take advantage of the defense boost from curse and, uh, allowed you to hit Pokemon a little bit differently. I think drain punch is probably just as strong. Uh, because it's a move that keeps the Reggie Rock from dying so quickly, uh, and kind of keeps your health up. But uh, ultimately, uh, the moves are both just going to be turning into max fighting, as it's a Pokemon that is often going to be clicking the Dynamax button. Yeah, and so that is uh Marcus's team there, and uh, I know this is one you definitely like a lot because it was a uh, stuff you're, you've been using in the past and a uh, big fan mm-hmm. of. So, um, some so the other ninth place uh, teams I want to talk about here we have uh, Gabriel Agati. From uh, the Latin America region with a team of Landris Therian, Tapu Fini, Kartana, Glacier, Porygon 2, and Grimmsnarl. So um, a lot of standard Pokemon kind of, you know, mashed together. And I feel like this was a lot of stuff he was using in the region qualifiers or maybe like half of it. But, you know, really just strong standard Pokemon in the metagame. And I don't really see anything too uh, weird from uh, his team here. Um, just, uh, you know, strong team with a strong player and uh, Gabriel can go far with that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, double check on this, but it seems like all of the Grimmsnarls opted for a different move in the last slot. Uh, Yeah, it is looking that way. This is just really fun to see. Um, But yeah, between... uh, I think I have all five open here now, uh, so I can go ahead and just kind of rattle these off. But um, yeah, on... uh, Agati's team, uh, he had Fake Out on the Grim Snarl, which, uh, honestly, it, it sounds like interesting that's a su- surprising pick, but not a lot of people were opting for it. And uh, Fake Out is still a very strong move, even in Dynamax formats. You just got to be able to, uh, you know, figure out which way your uh, opponent's strategy is leaning and which Pokemon is uh, going to be 
more offset by a fake out on uh, on the turn that Grimmsnarl hits the field. Uh, it's also a Pokemon. It also makes Grimmsnarl a little bit more usable after you get up those screens and maybe you're forced to switch it out. Uh, when it comes back in later, fake out is especially strong, especially if both of your opponents uh, or if your opponent has already uh, burned their uh, Dynamax option. Then uh, Donald had that fake tears, as we had mentioned, uh, to support the Zapdos. Uh, Nails, or Nick, uh, had a uh, protect on his, which was more so to uh, prevent the opponent from getting a fake out on Grimmsnarl. Uh, the, the, I remember uh, talking with uh, Nick about this, and uh, fake out plus a move that would one-shot Grimmsnarl, like a max steel spike, was a bit of a trouble spot, and... Uh, the last move didn't necessarily have to be uh, whatever it was before, and Protect was a change made for the finals to prevent that from happening. Uh, we see on the team of... Who is this? Uh, who's this other one? This is... Caleb? I think this is Caleb's team with the... Uh, yes, okay. Uh, so Caleb's team um, had a Taunt on the Grim Snarl, which uh, I think is a really strong option as well. I think Taunt is just good into the format between all of the uh, support Pokemon, like Weezing, like the support Dragapults, um, Spectreers that might be wanting to, like, you know, click Will-O-Wisp or Nasty Plot. Celesteela is another Pokemon that can be very offset by Taunt. Uh, and then uh, we saw Marcus had Scary Face, which I think Scary Face is also just a very fun option uh, for speed control that uh, allows you to speed control Pokemon like Regieleki that Thunder Wave does not. Uh, it also lets you speed control Landorus. It lets you speed control your own Pokemon in not such a negative way. Um, you know, uh, if your opponent sets up Trick Room, you can actually use Scary Face on yourself to lower your speed by two stages and not have any of the negative effects of Thunder Wave. Uh, and, you know, maybe you... You scary face onto your Tapu Fini, and it's able to move before your opponent's Pokemon, and you have no worry there. It's also uh, a way to slow down Tapu Fini, whereas Thunder Wave would not normally be able to because of the Misty Surge. Like, it's just got a lot of cool synergies. There's uh, a lot of options for Grimmsnarl. I think it's, again, an amazing Pokemon in the format. I can't talk about it enough. But it's very fun that uh, all these Grimmsnarls, though they were doing very similar things in setting up screens and clicking Spirit Break, uh, the last moves were different across all of them. Yeah, I really like that choice in Scary Face. Um, that the uh, those Trick Room combos you were mentioning there to help uh, against opposing Trick Rooms, you know, really reminded me of how back when uh, Thunderous used to run Prankster. Uh, funny saying that is that uh, you know sometimes you would just uh, Thunder Wave yourself to uh, lower your speed a bit, and uh, you know that would get you slower for future Trick Room turns. Trick Room turns, but again, you did have that. Um, that was risky because you know you could be fully paralyzed on some of the turns, so it was kind of risky uh, doing that. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. uh, very, very, very flexible, uh, with these Grimmsnarl sets, and, uh, that's really cool, Pokemon, to be, be able to be doing that. Um, I guess, uh, if you're ready, we can go to our last ninth place team here, and that is, uh, Will Tom from Oceana, with, uh, Landris Therian, um, Urshifu, I don't know which form that is, Porygon 2, Torkoal, Venusaur, and Regieleki. Yeah, so, uh, this team, uh, I feel like maybe Will used a similar team in the qualifier stage. I just feel like it looks familiar. Or maybe it reminds me a bit of, uh, David Kutesh's, uh, qualifier team. I just remember David Kutesh had that Venu Cole Porygon during the qualifier. And, um, yeah, this just seems like a strong team of, uh, you know, top Pokemon. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, especially since I don't have uh, set information. We don't currently have access to a paste of the team. Uh, but 
yeah, other notes then are just that it seems to rely a lot on just like base stat totals, really, besides, I guess, Torkoal. Torkoal doesn't have the highest base stat total, but honestly, when you put Torkoal's speed down that low, it's like such a benefit, like such a benefit in Trick Room that I feel like Torkoal's base stat total would be pretty high if you, uh, you know, ignoring speed. Right. That's right. always that's that's always like something weird. Like uh based at totals like are super it, it you can't completely identify strong Pokemon by base stat total because suddenly Ferrothorn might not look as strong because its speed stat is like twenty and it's like no, Ferrothorn doesn't mind being a twenty, it actually loves it. Stack Attacka has a speed stat of sixteen and that's really good for it. Um like it, it's a it's a weird thing and so that it's often important to uh to take that as with a grain of salt when you're looking at uh, base stat totals. But anyway, uh, Torkoal, awesome Pokemon, and uh, Will, pretty uh, pretty solid team here. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Sun. We all know that, so happy to see this uh, here with Will. And uh, you know, Torkoal's always got that nice uh, benefit of being so slow that you know you're pretty much guaranteed to get your weather up. And uh, there's not really too many weather wars going on anymore. Um, so Torkoal pretty much has free reign on uh, that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think there was actually a Politoed in the finals here. I mean, uh, I would have to look at the numbers, but I think Politoed didn't have that many appearances in the regional finals. So uh, it actually might even have a, a stronger, I, w- I would say 6% usage is way higher than it was in uh, the regional finals. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of crazy that uh, we're seeing maybe a resurgence of rain. We'll have to see how this tournament uh, reflects on the metagame afterwards. Right, moving forward, which is actually going to be important and relevant. So um, let's move on to our uh, 13th place finishers. We mentioned David Kutesh already from the European region. Um, We had not said the full team, though, which is uh, Rillaboom, Landorus, Incineroar, Clefable, which uh, is a bit of a surprising pick, Uh, Reggie Drago, another very surprising pick, and Reggie (laughs) Alecki. Uh, double Reggies, and uh, Steven had brought this to my attention earlier, but uh, four of the six Reggies are actually being used across the finals here. Um, it's the four that you would expect, um, I, I would say, I guess, if you are uh, a informed VGC player. Reggie Rock probably is the most surprising. I guess, actually, I would say Reggie Drago is more surprising than Reggie Rock. Reggie Rock Yeah, that's solid. what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, um, Reggie Drago, of course, as I mentioned earlier, had no appearances, uh, over the course of the, uh, regional qualifiers, so, um, but regardless, Reggie Steele and Reggie Ice are, uh, still warming, or I guess cooling the bench, um, so we'll have to wait for their time to shine, but, uh, yeah, Clefable, interesting pick, uh, doesn't have anything too noteworthy in my opinion like it, it is unaware with moonblast flamethrower follow me protect and a babiri berry uh i guess that does well into kartana um other than that i i don't know exactly uh maybe it's a, a more reliable one hit ko on uh urshifu dark than uh using a clefairy but uh other than that i'm not a huge clefable fan no nah, me neither i mean unaware is cool it's a really cool ability but um Let's, I'm just ready to move on here to yeah. uh, the final two teams we're going to talk about here, and that is uh, Caleb uh, Wijasinha from the Oceania region. Apologies if the name was mispronounced there, but Tapufini, Thunderous, Rotom Heat, Urshifu, Grimmsnarl, and Kartana. 
And uh, I am double checking here on the Urshifu's form, and that was a uh, single strike, so the dark one. Um, you know, really cool team. And uh, this Grimmsnarl we mentioned earlier already had a uh, taunt on its set, as long as well as the Spirit Break and the screens. And um, you know, cool to see uh, Thunderous here again paired with uh, uh, Rotom Heat. You know, two electric types uh, on the same team, but they are doing very different things because one special, one is physical. Even like the Regieleki Rotom Heat you mentioned earlier together, like they are, uh, their roles are very different on those teams. Absolutely, and. This team, I can kind of see again what uh, what are the general like flows here. You know, Thunderous is um, providing uh, boost control, I, or like you know, it, it, it's an intimidate deterrent, and then get up support, giving boosts, uh, not boost control. I don't know what the what boost control could possibly mean. Ignore that. That was that's just like some buzzwords <laughs> or something. Anyway, Thunderous is providing intimidate deterrent for Kartana and Urshifu, as well as providing them with some very stat strong buffs. boosts. Stat, stat buffs. Yeah, How's stat that? buffs. <laughs> some, some very strong stat buffs uh, for these physical attackers. And um, then Grimmsnarl, of course, just being that screen setter that I think is just strong in the metagame. And then uh, Tapu Fini and Rotom Heat uh, running, I mean, the exact sets that I had on my team. They're not, you know, they're they're very standard at this point. Uh, that I had on my team in the qualifiers, uh, you know, they're just like good special attackers to round out a physically oriented team. So, uh, yeah, just some some boosting Pokemon that can take advantage of the screens. Good stuff. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, I don't is that a word? Uh, anyway, Sean Ranzani from the Oceania region with uh, I believe the same team from the region qualifiers here with Rillaboom, Charizard, Mimikyu. Torkoal, Venusaur, and Stagatakis. So it's this, uh, you know, Sunroom team. I believe we talked about this a little bit last time, but, um, you know, pretty solid. And I just you can kind of just running with the same stuff that got you through. Um, still pretty uh, decent team. That, oh, yeah, it was that double fire, double grass thing. Double fire, double grass, double trick room is what it uh, looks like on paper. Again, don't have a uh, paste or rental code accessible here to break down the sets. But, um, yeah, the only Charizard in the tournament uh it wasn't able to go very far in a tournament that is so dominated by electric types rock types just things seem to be ready uh there's rain you know like uh, charizard's just doesn't seem to be the pokemon you want to be using to take advantage of sun i think it's uh venusaur and uh obviously that seems to be how the other four or three i guess uh sun teams went uh about it uh, yeah, every single time there's a Torkoal, there's a Venusaur. Uh, they are just best friends. So, um, yeah, I guess that, uh, that wraps it up for the teams here in the Players' Cup 2 final, Global Finals. Um, right. And that's our tournament. That's our yeah. tournament. So, uh, well, I just want to say uh, congratulations to all these 15 players who made it to the Global Finals. You know, obviously you still get a big, uh, what's commemoration commemorative uh, just congrats everybody who made it to the (laughs) um, global finals here and uh, you know know, this is definitely something you can put on your resume that you have become a very strong player and uh, this is a great accolade to all of you so um, you know still congratulations again to Wolf Glick for winning this whole thing Um, honestly at this point I'm not even surprised anymore like Wolf really is one of the best players we've seen in the game of all time so um, props to him. Yeah, yeah. And to think, you could have stopped this. You could have stopped this. Uh, I few know. Weeks, few months. Um, last month. Don't worry. I have thought about it plenty. <laughs> um. Anyway, well, you don't have to think about the Players Cup two anymore because I think everybody's minds are already 
moving on to the Players' Cup 3, which, wow, that was uh, announced pretty quick here. So we're getting another one for the next uh, four months coming up from January through April. Um, so um, this is a very exciting announcement. Like, uh, I did not see this initially, and uh, it's, it's, I'm just, this is, this is cool to see this, like, Pokemon's committing to these Players' Cup events. And uh, this one is uh, showcasing the return of Pokemon Tournament DX to the Players' Cup series. And, uh, you know, VGC, VGC and TCG are going to be run in a very, very, very similar fashion to what we've seen the in the past two iterations. So, um, Alex, you want to break down the, uh, I guess, timing for all this stuff? Yeah, sure. So, uh, before I do that, I just want to mention that it is really funny that uh, Steven and I are once blessed, uh, once again blessed by recording the uh, episode late in the week, uh, just out of, like, sheer laziness and forgetfulness uh we just are recording here the day that this news dropped and uh i feel like this often happens to us steven have great steven and i have great luck when it comes to (laughs) news being announced the day of us recording so uh really nice that we get to fit this in with alongside you know capping uh off players cup 2 and already looking forward players cup 3 um yeah it's going to be again like we said this same structure uh as before January 15th to 18th. Uh, I wonder if somebody's birthday falls in that uh, time frame. Nobody important uh, to this podcast. Anyway, um, (laughs) does that, does that, um, how do I phrase this question? Does, uh, I don't know. Are you happy about that for the weekend or does that make you, does that kind of annoy you? Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think the last date is the 18th. So that's Sunday. I should be done playing by then. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Ideally, I will have finished my games before then. Um, like I've mentioned for the past two, uh, and I'm not trying to just like flex on all of our listeners and anybody else. Uh, I have not had too much of a too much of a hard time qualifying for these, so I'm going to just try to knock out my games early. Um, one of the strategies that I like to personally employ, and I don't feel that, like this is any big secret, especially since there's a lot of different approaches to these tournaments. Uh, is I like to play some games at the beginning, uh, right when the tournament starts, and um, that way you are playing against the players that uh, normally are bringing like less serious teams. This was more of a thing for past ICs when people would sign up just to get their three games done, so they could get their like you know G Max Machamp or their like in-game shirt or their like Mega Stones, but. Uh, yeah, you you play against those people that are just trying to start their games and get them over with right away, and normally those are the less serious teams, so you get a, a couple of easier wins. And then uh, after that, you try to save games for later in the tournament, so that way you are fighting people who have already started climbing the ranks, and ideally, you are punching up. You know, you want to be fighting people that have more points so that you can steal their points and make them yours. Um, it's great to fight people that are above you. Uh, those are just some like little strategy tips uh, for anybody who's going to be trying to qualify for Players Cup 3. I'm just kind of dropping those in here while we're talking about the schedule. Sorry that we get so carried away on this podcast. Yay, ladders! Um, so yeah, I know, I'm really... Th- that's like an aspect that probably could have changed. I- I'm not a huge fan of the ladder qualifier, ladder qualifier for a best-of-three double elimination tournament that ultimately turns into a double elimination tournament, global finals, like... Ah, the whole structure of this thing is not something I'm in love with. However, it's like the only thing I can motivate myself to play because it is official Pokemon. I am, uh, I definitely recommend supporting the grassroots scene, but I also, um, I, I am not 
doing so myself, so I won't blame anybody else. Uh, not not because I'm against grassroots or anything, but just against Pokemon right now. I don't have a very big driving interest. Of course, I'm going to be playing in the Players' Cup 3 because uh, if I don't, um, I don't know. what. It, how will I stay up to date on what's going on in VGC? <laughs> Man, you 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 got to be wondering what I've been doing all these weeks. I know, right? <laughs> Just like enjoying life, uh, not worrying about VGC at all. Anyway. Let, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up all these dates in one quick run here without me going on a tangent after every uh sentence or every word please, in the sentence. Please, please. The uh, qualifier stage will be January 15th, and that is going to be the IC, the online competition um, that we saw in the past two iterations. Um, this one, I'm guessing, will be a lot like the Players' Cup 2 one, where it is a tournament exclusively for qualifying for the regional stages. Um, ladder tournament, you know, over the course of a weekend. One thing I want to point out is that this should very clearly just be a Series 7 tournament because we're still in Series 7. Should not be no. That's not complicated. Should be easy. That's a good point. That's a good point. We had some weird uh, confusions with the last one. Don't even know if that was or wasn't an error. Uh, but um, series seven is in this time period, and so yeah, just go ahead and load up Wolf's team and uh, go ahead and <laughs> uh, see how far that can carry you into the uh, into the tournament. The regional qualifiers will be over a month later, uh, March 20th, so we'll have a lot of time to kind of chill out. Uh, Series 8 will be started by this point. We're going to talk about that afterwards because we're going to talk about these dates now. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the regional qualifiers will be March 20th and then uh, March 27th, uh, The those two weekends, as we saw in Players' Cup 2. And the finals will be played over the course of two days, just like it was uh, this time around. You know, it's going to be... Um, April 10th, and then April 11th. Uh, and, yeah, you know, those, those streams, we're not exactly sure how the streams are going to be done. I don't imagine that information is out yet, but uh, they'll probably package them together. I think that's just kind of like how they want to do this whole event, you know, just so that people aren't sitting around waiting for so long. So uh, we'll probably see the streams for the regional qualifiers about a month later, closer to the release of the global finals. And then the global finals will probably be released uh, very shortly after they are played. Well done. And, um, you know, one point I want to bring up is just eligibility. I think this was in the previous two, uh, like, rules or posts about the first Players' Cups, first and second Players' Cups. But um, just eligibility, qualifications, you know, you need to be in the Masters Division. Uh, you need to have... Uh, you need to have opted in to the play Pokemon terms of use, and you need to abide by the rules, of course. And then I'm pretty sure this has also been here before, but players who reside outside countries supported by the following play Pokemon rating zones of North America, Europe, Latin America, and Oceania will not be eligible. So, um, you know, let's let's try and get this right this time, huh? Yeah, it's uh, crazy that this is uh, still a thing, but um, yeah, hopefully, um, no more controversies going forward and we can see 16 players in the final global finals um you know i guess they were just leaving a spot open for yuri anyways uh let's go ahead and talk about uh series eight just a little bit you know i we can speculate about new formats all day i mean we pretty much have done this so many times throughout the year especially with like series six coming up i uh i guess i called that one a little bit right was that like the thing back then I, i think you did Let's, let, yeah, so, I think so. So now I have to call what Series 8 is going to be, and that means I'm just going to pick something dumb so I'm wrong. Um, I think that 
Uh, I, I'm very worried that we're going to see GS Cup, uh, as what people uh, often refer to it, and that is when the big cover legends are allowed. Uh, oh. Like like Xerneas, <laughs> like Groudon. Um, no, this is actually, this is my pick that uh, is like decently uh, realistic. The, you're, the, you're blowing my mind right now. Like it's way too soon for that. <laughs> I know, and it. But the problem is that uh, between uh, Sword and Shield uh, and all these different series breaking all the conventions that we've seen, and uh, you know this pandemic that has uh, completely wiped live events off the map, um, things are far from typical, Stephen. Um, and. Uh, something that I was seeing talked amongst friends when this was announced, and uh, people were actually talking about what Series A might look like. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and steal this from them, and you know, kind of credit myself. Um, I think that they're gonna want to get GS Cup done during uh, quarantine, during the lack of live events. Um, the the events that or the the formats that allow these big covered legends, these uh, these Xerneases, the Groudons, Palkia, Dialga, all those Pokemon that casuals despise, um, these events do not draw in as many players. I, I don't know how it does for viewership, but I can't imagine that's very strong either. Um, and the way things are lining up uh, between, especially with this uh, Players Cup, uh, you know taking up the time period from January to April. Um, Steven, it's definitely looking like we're not going to have a season next year, you know? And I think that that's sadly for the best. Um, it, it hurts, you know, to not have live events for so long, but um, we're probably not going to see like a Worlds next year. And uh, it looks like this is what's going to be uh, holding us over for the time being. So uh, if things were to go as they would normally... We would have a year of format of a format like Series Seven, where we have the national decks allowed. Uh, maybe we get one more update that gives us the last patch of Pokemon that are still not in the game, uh, except for Smeargle. We don't need Smeargle, um, but yeah, then we would just play with this full decks of Pokemon, and then after a year of that, we would add in the legendaries, these cover legendaries, but. That would honestly line up to when we would be, you know, potentially returning to live events. You know, if they're going to plan to maybe bring Pokemon back in 2022 or something. I know, again, we're talking, like, very far out here. Um, 2021 is right around the corner, though. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm sorry that I'm just kind of rambling on here. But the point I'm trying to get across is that um, if we don't do GS Cup sometime soon, we might be playing gs cup getting a month or two of uh sword and shield at live events live events get canceled for a very long period of time and we come back and we're playing gs cup that i that's really just going to be a bad look for pokemon and i don't think that's what they want to do so i think we might be getting it over with huh that's uh that's an interesting interesting take um yeah that might end up being reality maybe not but uh something really relevant you brought up is that the Pokemon is really committing to the Players' Cup tournaments, these online tournaments specifically. So, um, you know, with this going all the way through April, you know, there's definitely not enough time to run, like, the remainder of a season. Um, to be fair to everyone else who wanted to, you know, plan those things. And also, like, just how things are going around in the world right now. Um, like, they're promising and uh, looking positive, but it's not time yet. So, um, 
you know, I think we do need to pretty much commit to these online events, and this is how it's going to be for uh, the time being, at least the next uh, perhaps six months or maybe uh, eight, uh, ten months or something, maybe even longer. But um, in terms of, like, the format, what I think we might be seeing is, uh, obviously, you know, we could have, uh, I'm going to strike us back to Series 6 and those type of bands. We may see something like that again um, for the Series uh, 8. Um, doing the same thing that they did for, uh, in Series 7, like Series 6 did to Series 5. So there's that potential there. Uh, I also want to bring up how we talked about this a few weeks ago, how Pokemon's birthday is uh, going to be in February. So, um, I don't know what kind of crazy updates they may give us in February when, or maybe even before when the series is supposed to start, February 1st. So, I don't know what's going to happen here. But uh, we may get, the like you mentioned, the rest of the uh, Pokemon, you know, into the game via Pokemon Home or something. So that might be like the series update there. Um, otherwise, like, I could also potentially see, uh, this is really not likely given how things have been going all year, but there may not be any change, which uh, is kind of the hot take here, actually. <laughs> I would love that. That would be crazy to play a <laughs> format for more than like a month or two. Uh, man, like, uh, I think that they've just gotten the, uh, the people, the, the kids, these kids, you know, these, these youngins, uh, they're just so addicted to these format changes that are happening so often. And back in my day, we had format, like, development, you know, people would develop the metagame, things would change, there'd be trends. Ugh, we're never gonna see that again, are we? Um, I, I would love to see... <laughs> I would love to see this continue. I would love to see Series 7 go a little bit on. Um, I don't love Series 7. I, I actually enjoyed Series 5 more. I think that was a good one that probably needed a bit more time. Series 7, though, does have uh, room, though. Like, there there are some uh, metagame trends that I've seen even since the uh, global finals have happened. You know, like, the, the game is going to continue to develop uh, as long as people are playing it. And uh, that's something, I guess... Uh, to look forward to if we do keep Series 7 is that uh, it's not going to be the same old format. Don't think that Wolf has solved VGC Series 7 uh, just because uh, he won the biggest tournament so far. There's going to be more, and uh, we're going to have to see what teams uh, will move move the format forward. What's really good about this early announcement, too, is that everybody knows that uh, we all know that Series 7 continues through the end of January and that we have this uh, qualifier to play in with this same format, same metagame. So we know there's going to be development. We know people are going to keep advancing um, because we know we have something to prepare for. That is really, really important. So um, it's good we got this announcement early and I guess we'll find out in a month or two months time what Series 8 is going to be. And uh, see what the Players' Cup 3 holds in store for us. Remember, uh, you know, one thing uh, I want to bring up again is that the prizes are the same for this just top four in the global finals uh, who get the travel award to or uh, a future travel award to an international of your choosing. And um, maybe we can talk about this again in the future uh, for more Players' Cup stuff details. But I would like to see, you know, the other players who made it to global finals and did not make top four there. Like, you get prestige and recognition for that, and accolades, I guess, but you don't really get anything else other than that. Like, really, 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 technically speaking, um, those players are kind of in the same boat as everyone else who did not get there. Like, you pretty much walk away with nothing. So oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Would like to, I would like to see 
Um, I know, like, the top four get travel awards. Maybe what's the tier down? Like, travel stipend? Is that right? Yeah, I don't know. Just send them, like, a, a box of TCG cards or something. Yeah, like, give them we... something to feel, you know, feel like they... I'm not looking for partic- participation trophies, but just give them something, like, that makes it meaningful. It's not a participation trophy when you did make it all the way to the global finals, you know. Uh, I think it is a little bit silly that you can spend so much time. It, it is honestly one of the uh, worst tournaments in terms of uh, time dedicated versus the payout. Um, you know, obviously when we had like live events, uh, the amount of time you dedicated to a tournament was uh, like, in terms of preparation was on you, but it was over the course of a weekend, you know, when you, when you went to a regional and won however much money you got for the, the max prize, where this is like over the course of weeks months and just like so long and you could go for so much time just to get fifth or sixth or whatever it is and just nothing just nothing i I, yeah that definitely needs to change uh but anyway pokemon players cup three players players cup two is over that's uh one and done i guess two and done and uh we're moving on to the number three here so pretty exciting pretty exciting stuff to move forward for uh, competitive Pokemon here, and uh, Alex, I don't know about you, but I think uh, that'll do it for this show. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze in a little bit of garbage here at the end, just so we can get this over with, uh, and so I don't have to mention it in a previous episode or into in a future episode. Uh, but there's what if uh, series A? You mentioned the uh, you know the 25th anniversary coming up. Remember how the 20th anniversary gave us events all year long, giving us the mythical Pokemon? Yeah. What if we get some kind of like raid events with the mythical Pokemon and thus they are legal for VGC and that's what series oh it is. Oh my god. <laughs> we get all like the you know it, the, the 25th anniversary is coming up. The 20th anniversary gave us all the mythicals of course drip feeded over the course of the year. I think it fits a lot better with raids and if they gave us like you know maybe even like what we saw with the Gmax forms being released in batches maybe we'll see each series introduce a set of mythical Pokemon over the course of the 25th anniversary year for Pokemon. They could even do that with, um, like, the GS Cup Pokemon, those restricted legendaries, like, uh, a few, a batch of however no, so many... No, wait, no, that, that, sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> what? It's a possibility, I was just saying. Are we restricted to two still? Oh, oh, that's, that's another thing I want to bring up. Uh, maybe not even two, but um, a lot of these, uh, I don't know if you've seen a bunch of these other side online competitions within Sword and Shield, that have been uh, coming up every month or so, but some of them have been for the like uh, uh, you know legendary Pokemon, the big ones, the cover legends, as well as mythicals. And the one notable change I've seen is that they only allow you to use one. So I yes. wonder if that is a change we may see for VGC uh, coming in the future. There's also, uh, I know you've said you've been off Twitter, but there's been a lot of people on Twitter lately just already playing like gs cup tournaments on like in game too, like uh like ladder tournaments you know those like three hour like friendly competitions people have been doing those for gs cup um and then again throwing it back to my whole mythical conspiracy the uh the caster game that they did on stream had a mythical pokemon which i find a little ridiculous uh just because like i feel like the caster should play the format that like is legal. I don't know. I feel like it's misleading to uh, have them playing with a bunch of illegal Pokemon 
um, that <laughs> that the, the the players watching that's like, oh, that's a really cool team. I'd like to use their team in VGC, and it's like, yeah, five of these six Pokemon are not even allowed right now. <laughs> right. Um, I remember, um, I remember from the first Players Cup stream, they had a uh, match for Little Cup, and nothing really came out of that. So maybe they're just testing waters, or they're just like having fun showcasing different stuff. But um, the 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 world wide world of Pokemon is uh, very open for what's to come next. So series eight is uh, VGC Little Cup. You heard it here first from Steven. That is Steven's big money call. And if he gets it wrong, do send us angry uh, messages, tweets, uh, tweet at us, you know, um, tweet out hashtag the Hypervoice podcast or something like that. And uh, I've been wanting VGC Little Cup for so long. I want to have it. <laughs> I wouldn't fight it. I, I mean, if it if it was announced to be uh, the format, I, I'm all in. It just changed like everything about how you look at certain Pokemon. Like, some of Final Forms are good because of the stat changes and maybe even sometimes type changes they get. But when you go and revert back down to the baby forms, like, what is that going to look like? Especially in doubles. Yeah, yeah, that's not something that we get to uh, think about often enough. So that's a a really fun, fun thing to mention. Oh, uh... Nah, nah, this doesn't need to be in the episode. The, The... But now that I'm mentioning it, fine, we'll put it in the episode. Uh... Uh, there was also just like something funny on uh, Twitter today. Um, I uh, if you wanted to check out my Twitter, which is uh, going to get plugged at the end, but it's Lexicon VGC. Uh, apparently, uh, my girlfriend's in-game team made it into uh, Wolf's video, uh, his like latest video or something. So that was just something funny that was supposed to come up in conversation, but it didn't, and so I am just inserting it in here at the end after we've already inserted like four things here at the end and we need to just like stop recording um yeah you can actually just like cut this off whenever you want steven let's just you know like abruptly end the episode we won't even like formally end it like they're just gonna be like did i not download the full thing and (laughs) they're just gonna like be super suspicious and then mid-sentence it just ends and uh, we'll get a lot of complaints, and maybe that'll like bump up our like interaction numbers, you know, or whatever. Like we'll get a lot of more like you know reviews or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Wolf uh, has. Uh, <laughs> if you Google, okay, hold on, hold on. This is the more important takeaway. If you Google VGC team sheet, uh, like a tweet from me is like the second result. Uh, if you Google image search, that is. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and find that tweet and go ahead and like the tweet, subscribe to the tweet, comment on the tweet, um, follow my Twitter, uh, at LexiconVGC, follow the show at the Hypervoice. I'm going to go ahead and just move into the, uh, the end show thing that Steven does here in the podcast. Um, you can email your questions and feedback to us at VGCHypervoice at gmail.com. Uh, you can always tell your friends about the show, uh, spread it around if they're interested in a pokemon competitive podcast like us um we're also on uh, a bunch of other platforms like apple and itunes google podcasts spotify uh pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts you can find us on facebook and at twitter on twitter at the hypervoice uh lastly you can follow us both on twitter you can follow me at super marioka and uh steven where can they follow you you can follow me at lexicon vgc uh how did i do that's pretty good I'm impressed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this garbage ending. (laughs) (laughs) Stay. uh, Thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. And stay tuned for more of the Upper Voice. 
Yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Geller. Geller. Alola. <laughs> <laughs>